Hello, Saints. Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. Uh, and remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing uh, happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. You are the jewel of God. Did you know that? Did you know that you are God's baby? Everyone that has children knows, even though we can't explain it, just how precious our children are to us. And yet that love we have for our children, as immense as it is, is fractional compared to, it's minute compared to the love that God has for us. Am I making this up out of thin air? No. We're going to read two scriptures in particular concerning how you are the jewel of God and that he is rejoicing over you today. If you're truly Christ, you are in Christ and hid with Christ in God. Colossians 3, verse 3, Malachi 3.17, and also Zephaniah 3.17. I want to encourage you to remember these things. Don't just, beloved, listen to scripture. Capture that scripture. Be a studious disciple of Christ, a student of the holy scriptures. This makes it easy. Easier to remember. Zephaniah 3.17 and Malachi 317. Both 317s. Amen. That helps it be a little bit easier to remember and to coincide the love of God for his people in these two verses. Listen to Zephaniah 317, which says, The Lord thy God, and we're going to go to the book of Zephaniah 3 here in a minute and get the context of this whole verse here. Zephaniah 317, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. Your God is mighty. Your Father, your Lord Jesus Christ, is is nothing less than Almighty. Revelation 1.8, Jesus said he is the Almighty. And then Zephaniah 3.17 goes on. It says, he will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Notice, God is today and will for eternity be rejoicing or joying over his people with singing. As we're going to discover in the Holy Scriptures in a moment, Daddy is going to bring all his children home into the new Jerusalem. That's what this is all about. That's what the plan of the ages is. God is going to gather together. That's a key word in the Bible. Gather together. Old and New Testament. All that are in Christ. All that are in Christ. Notice that are in Christ only. Those that are who die in Christ. And only are these blessings available to those today who are, have been born again and are presently today abiding, remaining in that vital union with Christ, John 15 and John 17, praying, Father, make me one with you and the Lord Jesus Christ and your beloved body in Jesus' name. That was Jesus' prayer. Okay, Ephesians 1.10. Here it is, the plan of the ages right here. I want you to remember this. I want you to remember where it is. I want to encourage you to relish it, meditate upon it, and share it with others and perhaps memorize it. Ephesians 1.10, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, says that in the dispensation, 
dispensation of the fullness of time. That means in the culmination of all things that God is orchestrating and is in control of. He might gather, there's that word gather, together in one all things in Christ. Only those things that are in Christ as opposed to, to those who are not abiding in him. They are not wise virgin believers. They have many who have been saved. They're not today abiding in Christ. They have backslidden. They are departed. They are lukewarm. All of those things put you outside of the kingdom of God without any doubt, according to the full counsel of Scripture. Okay, that he might gather together in one all things in Christ. That's key, in Christ, both which are in heaven and are on earth, even in him. Notice that, I believe it's, yeah, Hebrews 11 talks about that great cloud of witnesses that has gone before us. Those that are in glory already with Jesus. That would pertain to those things, those people who are in heaven. And then he says, and which are on earth, even in him. Now, if you're a parent, God is a parent, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture uses that exact wording. If you're a parent, you know that there's no greater time. You're no more fulfilled than when, sir, your father, your father, your beloved wife and kids are all in that living room, are all sleeping safely in your household, in your home. In the sovereign dwelling place that God has blessed you with. And this is the picture we get with God here. He is going to have all his children, all of his babies, all of the jewels of his kingdom. That's you. We're going to read that in a minute. Malachi 3.17. All together in one. And that's going to culminate in the New Jerusalem. I want to encourage you to read Revelation chapter 21 and chapter 22. The last two chapters in God's word. And you are going to get excited if you're a child of God. Because we're going to be all gathered together in one with the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in that beautiful, sinless, pristine, divine protection and perfection place called the New Jerusalem. Okay, so he is rejoicing over us with singing, his people, Zephaniah 3.17. And then we see in Malachi 3.17, same address, different book. Remember those, please cross-reference them. He says, Malachi 3.17, and they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. When I gather my jewels together, I will spare them, that is, from judgment, as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Amen. God says that you are his jewel. We, the body of Christ, living stones, First Peter 2, are gathered together around the throne of God, worshiping him now, spiritually, and going to be literally doing that in the new Jerusalem. He is going to spare those who are in Christ. The key is, are you in Christ today? Many listening have been born again, but I want to ask you, are you really in Christ today? That's the key. We've got a page, a post on safeguardyoursoul.com. I believe the button's at the top right, and it speaks of a new start, a fresh start. Top right. Just look in the top right of safeguardyoursoul.com. If you're on a computer, it might be different on a mobile phone. Find fresh start. You can have a fresh start with God today. You can confess your sins, the sin mainly of walking away from the Lord and not nourishing that relationship and be brought back to the Lord, lest you die in sin and perish in eternal damnation, unending and irrevocable. All right, James 5, 7 through 9 says that we, the body of Christ, are the, quote, precious fruit of the earth. That's what you are to the Lord, the precious fruit, the body of Christ, of the earth. And then in book of Psalms, chapter 16, verse 3, the Lord says, but to the saints that are in the earth, not only the saints identified, but those in the earth, and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. All of the delight of God in the earth is 
is in the saints of God, those that are in Christ. Okay, let's look at, with that opening monologue, if you will, let's look at Zephaniah chapter 3, and I'm going to try to blast through this, but boy, this is rich. I hope this whets your appetite to get into Zephaniah, and that's going to be a blessed thing to do, to meet this man who was used of God, a prophet of God, inspired by the Holy Ghost, a holy man of God, who spake as he was moved by the Holy Ghost of God, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. Notice here, all the Bible, by the way, is written to the saints, to the body of Christ. Keep that in mind when you read God's Word. He says in verse 1, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 1, Woe to her that is filthy and polluted to the oppressing city. Talking about Jerusalem, and he's talking about his people specifically here. Woe to her that is filthy and polluted. Are you cleansed by the blood afresh today, beloved? Have you gone afresh to the holy throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need? Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Or do you have spotted garments and are living in sin and under the impending judgment of God? There will be no sin entering into heaven. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but one that is holy and without blemish. You're going to argue with God. I'm not going to join you. Ephesians chapter 4. 5, 25 through 27. That's the church he's coming for. Not someone who got saved and isn't abiding in Christ. You got spots on your garment. You are a rebel. You're not abiding in him. You're doing things your own way. And God's calling you to repent of self-idolatry, rebellion, and unbelief. Return to him before it's too late. Verse 2, Zephaniah 3. She, referring to the people of God, obeyed not the voice. They obeyed not the voice of God, the word of God. She received not correction. Whoa, there's a lot of unteachable people people that confess to be Christians today, but won't be corrected. I had a lady this week get so upset with me, all because I just offered some truth in a post. Unbelievable. But she went on to tout how many years she's been in this ministry and that ministry, and God could care less. That's nothing but pride. Nothing but pride. Okay. And those years don't determine truth. The Word of God determines truth. Let me ask you something. You've been saved five, ten years? Or you claim to have been? Are you teachable enough to receive God's Word through somebody that just got saved last week, check yourself because God's word is final authority. Not you, not them. God's word. Amen. Okay. Let God be true and every man a liar. Every man. Romans 3, 4. Memorize that. Let God be true and every man, beginning with yourself, be a liar. If you see something that you're out of line with in God's word, just stop, repent, confess, and own the truth. Buy the truth and sell it not. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 23. She received not correction. Anybody who's unteachable, uncorrectable, is absolutely a rebel. Don't care what your resume is. Trash the resume. Get on your face today and be broken and poor in spirit before a holy God. Why do we get the Word of God? Four purposes, divine purposes that God gave us His written Word, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Here they are. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and correction, and instruction in righteousness. Four things. Doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. Second Timothy 3.16. Okay, so the people of God in this day, in the day of Zephaniah, being prophesied against, they obeyed not the voice of the word of God. She received not correction. She trusteth not in the Lord. Unbelief. And she drew not near to her God. She did not repent. She did not return to the Lord after having drifted. If you're lukewarm today, beloved, you're on your way to a devil's hell 
from which you will never escape. Mark it. Revelation 3, 15 and 16. Now, verse 2, Zephaniah 3. What do we see? We see the same thing in the day of Zephaniah as we do today. The people who had, were God's people at one point are dis, found to be disobedient, unteachable, uncorrectable, totally full of pride, not humble, unrepentant, unbelieving, and they did not seek God. Let this not be you. Turn from your wicked ways. Turn to the Lord afresh and seek him with a whole heart. With a whole heart. You can't fool God or deceive him. God is not mocked. Be not deceived. You're either going to turn to him with all your heart, lay down your life, repent, die to yourself, and let Jesus fill your life and his word be first. Or you're a rebel. You can't fool God. God is not available to the casual seeker, scripture teaches us. Okay, verse 3. Her princes, that's referring to leaders, within her are roaring lions. In other words, they roar after the people of God to devour them. See the picture? They roar. They devour the sheep of his pasture with their lies. We see that throughout scripture. By the way, this subject is extensively written about in two of the ministry's books. One of them is called Deceivers and False Prophets Among Us. The other one is called Predators in Our Pulpits. Are both available on SafeguardYourSoul.com. Feel free to just click the store page in the menu. Her princes or leaders within her are roaring lions. They devour the sheep of his pasture, again, through their lies. And then it says her judges, again, leadership, are evening wolves. Think about it. They lurk. Wolves that lurk in the night. They're nocturnal and they prey on the weaklings and their their prey in the night deceitfully. Again, the picture is that they're cloaked. Isn't that the same picture Jesus gave us when he said, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. They hide in their darkness with a smiling face, a seminary degree, and a big church or big TV program or lots of books or an internet ministry. They're evening wolves. They operate in darkness, in the cover of darkness, undetected in other words. That's something we see pictured throughout scripture. They prey upon unsuspecting sheep who don't discern them. And that's going to happen. You're not going to discern the wolves unless you're in the word of God and being sharpened by it. Once you get into words, you're going to start scratching your head at some of the people you currently and in the past followed and go, what was, man, was I in darkness? Wow. The light's going to come on because you're going to start discovering all of these central doctrinal truths of scripture that these animals will not preach. That's wolves are animals, right? So are lions. That's not out of context of the Bible. They're animals. These are filthy, wicked animals who are misleading so many. Why? Because there's they're unbiblical. They're not biblically literate because they don't get up and get in the word every day. No matter if it feels good or not, you study God's word every day before you leave. You get up, you put God first. You seek him first in the morning. I had somebody argue with me on that recently, and we, but we all know that if you don't do it right away, it's not going to get done. Well, I study the Bible at night. Well, you must be one in a million who can do that without, first of all, most people that say they're going to do that don't ever do it. They fall asleep. I used to do try that when I first got saved. you got to get over that. Just put God first. Literally, when you get up in the morning, study God's Word. Be full of the Word of God and the Spirit of God before you ever leave that home. Okay. They gnaw not the bones till tomorrow. They kill his prey. They devour them with lies. Verse 4. Her prophets, again, another dimension of false leader here, are light and treacherous persons. Notice they're light. They entertain. They're circus conductors. They build their churches in order to entertain goats instead of feed sheep because they're after the nickels, noses, and numbers. These are those that Peter says are making merchandise of you. You feel good because you're being entertained and told some nice little co 
hoping or victory or a message or about destiny or, you know, these buzzwords they use. But you're never being told. They're never telling you. About holiness or the crucified life, the cross, the daily cross, about hell, about judgment to come, and all the other essential central doctrines of the original gospel. Because if they did preach these truths, people would leave and they would not be able to build a big church business. It's all about the money. They're never, they're not being told about the judgment of God. There's no judgment in their false message of the apostate modern church. There's no judgment. There's no holiness. There's no cross. There's no return of Jesus. There's no repentance. There's no holiness. There's no sin preached. That's a false teacher and a false prophet. You won't even start naming them. There's so many. And many of them in your local community. And some of you attending those churches that have been set up to pray on you. And you don't even realize these guys are just taking you to the bank. Her prophets are light. And God is calling them to repent and start feeding sheep instead of entertaining goats and leading the sheep for which Christ died astray into eternal damnation. Let me throw this in there, Isaiah 9, 16. If you think this is something new under the New Testament, well, you need an education. Isaiah 9, 16. The leaders, the Bible tells us exactly how deception and this great apostasy of the last days, this great falling away, is happening today. The leaders, who? Who did he say? The leaders of this people caused them to err, and they that are led of them are destroyed. That's Isaiah 9, 16. It's the leaders, underline and bracket that, of the people that are causing them, misleading them to err, while claiming to be representing Christ, cause them to err. That means go into error. And they that are led of them are ultimately going to be, what? Destroyed, sent to hell with those false leaders. If you're not discerning them, it's because you're not drawing out a God and in his word. Verse 4, again, her prophets are light and treacherous persons. They're more like circus conductors than they are preachers of the gospel. Completely different than Paul who said he would not speak with eloquency of speech so that and come to them with the wisdom of men so that the faith of the people he preached to, the true disciples, would not trust him, but they would trust God and the power of the living God. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, very key. Compare the man you call your pastor today to that, to the apostle Paul. All right, then it says in verse 4, her priests have polluted the sanctuary. They have done violence to the law. They have perverted and twisted the Word of God. They have left out key doctrinal elements of the Word of God. You have perverted the words of the living God. Jeremiah 23, 36. We see this throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament. 2 Corinthians 2, 17. Many corrupt the Word of God. Paul says, 2 Corinthians 2, 17. Learn these Scriptures, beloved. Verse 5. The just Lord is in the midst thereof. He will not do iniquity. Every morning doth he bring his judgment to life. He faileth not, but the unjust knoweth no shame. That's key. They don't know any shame. They just continue on in their sin, thinking God doesn't see it. Verse 6, I have cut off the nations. Their towers are desolate. I made their streets waste, that none passeth by. Their cities are destroyed, so that there is no man, that there is none inhabitant. This desolation spiritually. Verse 7, I said, surely thou wilt fear me. Thou wilt receive instruction. God had the best in mind for them. He hoped for. Then it says, so their dwelling should not be cut off. In other words, God did not want to judge his people. Howsoever I punished them, but they rose early. Why? Why did he give them remedial judgment or punishment? To bring them back to him. But they rose early and corrupted all their doings. They would not return. Verse 8, therefore, wait ye upon me, saith the Lord, until the day that I rise up to the prey. For my determination is to gather all nations. There's that word again. Gather the nations that I may assemble the kingdom. 
kingdoms to pour upon them mine indignation, even all my fierce anger. God is going to pour out his anger on the nations. Sounds like the battle of Armageddon pictured here. Even all my fierce anger for all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. Remember the Lord said he is a jealous God. His name is jealous. Exodus 34:14, Verse 9, Zephaniah 3, For then will I turn to the people a pure language, that they may all call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one consent. God says he's going to turn to people. He's going to give them a pure language so that they may worship him with one consent. That's a bracketed term in my Bible. I bracketed it with one consent, one mind and one accord. Are we in one mind and one accord in the body of Christ? You know, the new Bible versions, what have they produced? You see, they have brought about the great falling away. Satan has corrupted God's word. All of the new versions are corrupted. We have a King James Bible. That's all we ever needed. God's word did not need to be changed. It was already preserved to every generation like we read in the promise of God in Psalm 12, 6, and 7. Although that's not our main topic here, let me just say this. We've got more Bibles, so-called Bibles, in production today. Multi-billions of Bibles in the earth, right? Or hundreds of millions, whatever. The, but yet we have less Bible memory and knowledge than ever. Isn't that interesting? Why? All of the new versions are corrupted and perverted as Satan would have it because he's the author of them. He's changed the word of God. He's taken away and added two. And therefore, anybody involved in that is going to be judged severely in the lake of fire for all eternity and irrevocably. So less Bible knowledge individually. The biblical illiteracy is just absolutely dumbfounding. Remember, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Even the new King James Bible, so-called Bible, has, first of all, it has the 666 symbol right on the cover of it in your face. And some would claim that they can't understand the King James Bible. Oh, that's such a lie from hell. Are you confessing to being that ignorant? My son was saved at four and a half years old, and that's all he ever knew, and was given as the King James Bible. I thought the Holy Spirit was the teacher, sir. He is. Read the real Word of God, the pure, unadulterated Word of God, the King James Bible, and the Holy Spirit will teach you. And we're all going, reading the King James Bible. In fact, we insist on that in our fellowships locally. Anybody that's going to do ministry, when we're all together, on one mind and one accord, speaking the same thing straight out of the real Word of God. Then we're going to be with one consent, as we read here in the end of verse 9 in Zephaniah 3. Notice what Paul says, 1 Corinthians 1.10, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. How are we going to all speak the same thing until we all get in the same book of books, capital B book, the Bible, the King James Bible? Not going to happen. Speak the same thing. You know, Rick Warren, total antichrist. CIA Jesuit plant, Devil from Hell, uses over 20 versions in his best-selling book called The Purpose Driven Life. Unbelievable. In other words, he picks and chooses what he wants to convey instead of letting God's word dictate all that is said. The guy's a wolf. Okay, that you may all, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Let's get back to the King James Bible. Verse 10, Zephaniah 3, From beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, my suppliants, even the daughter of my dispersed, shall bring mine offering. In that day, sounds like the Gentiles, in that day shalt thou not be ashamed. Notice, he's talking about the Gentiles, it sounds like. In verse 10, God turned from the Jews when they rebelled, they refused to obey him, to the Gentiles to provoke them to jealousy. Romans 11. And, you know, we can take
some of us single men can take a little bit of a wisdom from this, from God himself. God turned from a rebellious and self-serving, entitled, unrepentant people, Israel, and turned elsewhere to people who were poor in spirit, people who would receive him, people that were humble, truly, and sincere of heart. Verse 11, in that day shalt thou not be ashamed for all thy doings, wherein thou hast transgressed against me. You're still going to rebel. In other words, he's telling his own people, the Jews, and today, people that claim to know him and are in rebellion. For then I will take away out of the midst of thee them that rejoice in thy pride. And the middle letter of pride is what? I. They're all about self. They don't have the cross in their life. They say that's what most of these so-called pastors are doing. They're not men of truth and men of the word. They don't preach the cross. They don't preach that Jesus commands you to die. When is the last time you heard this favorite preacher you have tell you you got to lay down your life to follow Christ or you're not following him at all? When? Run for your life, sir, ma'am. Run. That is a wolf. Jesus tells him so. And thou shalt no more be haughty because of my holy mountain. Verse 12. I, Zephaniah 3, verse 12. I will also leave in the midst of thee an afflicted and poor people, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. That is a picture of what God was going to do in the Gentiles and through the Gentiles. There it is. They're poor in spirit. Jesus says in his longest sermon on record, first thing he says is the whole foundation without which the rest is futile to even read or try to obey. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Who are the poor in spirit? Those are the desperate for Jesus and more of him today. He goes on to say right after that, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. That's poor in spirit. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Only those who hunger and thirst after the righteousness of God are filled with the oil and the blessing of his presence today. Like the wise virgin believers, the five of the ten, the other five fell away after being espoused to King Jesus. There it is, the backslidden that are going to hell. They were shut out of the marriage chamber, out of the New Jerusalem. Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Verse 13, Zephaniah 3. Coming to a close here. The remnant of Israel shall not do iniquity, nor speak lies. Neither shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth. For they shall feed and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. Notice the remnant. There it is. We see that word throughout Scripture. I want you to underline that in Zephaniah 3.13. The remnant of Israel shall do no iniquity. They live separated to God and holy. And if they do stumble and sin, they confess it and depart from it. Nor speak lies. Remember Revelation? This is all what we see in Revelation. The same Holy Spirit putting this all together and continuing to say the same things, intertwining them from Genesis to Revelation. Revelation speaks of no liar entering into the kingdom of Christ, but being cast into the lake of fire. That's speaking of those among God's people. Nor speak lies. There it is, verse 13. Neither shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth. That's the remnant. They do, they do no iniquity. They do not lie, and they're not deceitful. Then it says, for they shall feed and lie down. They feed on the pure word of God. Jesus said, now are you clean through the word which I've spoken unto you, John 15, 3. Then he says, as he prays to the Father, Father, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. 17, 17. That's two chapters I want to point you to. I want to encourage you to pour over them and make them your meat this week. Do your spiritual meat. John 15, John 17. Okay, verse 14, Zephaniah 3. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all the heart. Ah, that's key. Rejoice with all your heart. Amen. O daughter of Jerusalem. God's still calling his people as he's doing right now, calling you to return to the Lord, to lay down your life and follow Christ. Your life is over and thank God 
God with that life as it is over and you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God, Colossians 3, 3, so is all the shame. So is all the conviction of sin that you didn't repent from. So is all the guilt and all the other things that ruin your life in this world and cause you not to have a pure but a contaminated, dirty heart. Jesus said, Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they and only they shall see God. All right, verse 15, Zephaniah 3. The Lord hath taken away thy judgment. He hath cast out thine enemy. The Lord hath taken away thy judgment. He hath cast out thine enemy. When you come to Jesus, he's going to remove all your sin and the judgment that was coming on you for it and cast out and destroy your enemies. The king of Israel, it says, verse 15, Zephaniah 3. That's Jesus. Even the Lord is in the midst of thee. Thou shalt not see evil anymore. That's New Jerusalem. That's picturing New Jerusalem. There will be no sinners or sin with Jesus in eternity. In that New Jerusalem, when the Father gathers all that are in Christ from all the ages and centuries, from Genesis to Revelation, all the way through the end of the New Testament, together in his house called the New Jerusalem that's coming down out of heaven. Revelation 21, verse 16, Zephaniah 3. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear thou not, and to Zion, that's the people of God, let not thine hands be slack. As we look to the soon return of Jesus Christ, don't be slack, don't faint in the way. Why? Verse 17, here it is. Because the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty, you can be assured and take heart, beloved, that in these last days, no matter how dark it gets, in the middle of these days, God is going to be mighty in your life. He will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's with you till the end. Be not weary in one doing for in due time. In the end, you're going to reap if you faint not. Galatians 6, 9. Don't faint. Take heart. Your, your God is almighty, and he's mighty to save, and he's going to be with you even to the end, even to some of you who will be cast into jail. Revelation 2, 10. Jesus says, some of you are going to be cast into prison, but take heart. I'll be with you in that, and you won't be in there forever. Hallelujah. Those are just speed bumps. Uh, Paul put it this way. He said, these are but light afflictions. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, I believe it is, for our light affliction, light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Wow, wow. Take heart and let God, may God give us an eternal perspective. And that's why I want you to read Revelation 21 and 22. We're going to be with the King soon. As the song says, in a little while, we'll be with the Father. Can't you see him smile? In a little while, we'll be home forever. Amen. We'll be home forever. Remember that song? In a little while we'll be with the Father. Can't you see him smile? In a little while we'll be home forever. In a while. We're just here to learn to love him. We'll be home in just a little while. Amen. And may we be reminded that this is not our home. We are just passing through as strangers and pilgrims. Take heart. May God bless you with an eternal perspective. Let's finish up here. Verse 18, I will gather. There it is again. Wow. I will gather them that are sorrowful. The the repentant. (laughs) There it is. Them that are sorrowful. Are you sorrowful? Are you broken for your past sins? That's the poor in spirit right there. That is the poor in spirit to find. Matthew 5, 3. 
three, cross-referenced. Bam! I will gather them that are sorrowful or repentant for the solemn assembly who are of thee, to whom the reproach it was a burden. Behold, see the reproach. They had conviction of sin. For the holiness of God they allowed to work in their life. Amen. They chose the fear of the Lord. Proverbs one twenty nine. The rebels do not fear, do not choose the fear of the Lord. It's a choice. God's given you an option to choose the fear of the Lord today and to cry out to him in brokenness and to be broken before him in fasting and prayer until he changes you from the inside out and you're never the same again. Verse 19, Zephaniah 3. Two more verses. Behold, at that time, I will undo all the all that afflict thee. God is going to destroy the wicked who persecute his people. He's going to judge the wicked. And that's what we read in 2 Thessalonians 1, his people. Verse 19, Behold, at that time, I will undo all that afflict thee, all that afflict God's people, persecute them. And I will save her that halted and gather her that was driven out. And I will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame. This persecution across the world today against Christians. And that's who he's talking about. God will never let one scale go unbalanced in those concerns. That is his beautiful, precious children. That's his babies. Amen. That's the precious fruit of the earth. Every single Christian believer. Amen. He rejoices over them with singing, even in their death as they're dying. A martyr's death for which they will be rewarded. The very jewels of God will never be forgotten. And all those that perpetrate evil on any Christian, it were better for them, Jesus said, that a millstone were tied about their neck, that's 2,000 pounds, exactly, and they were thrown into the deepest sea. Verse 20, last verse, Zephaniah 3. At that time will I bring you again. There it is again. He's going to gather his people. Ephesians 1.10. The promise of the ages. God's promise of the ages and his goal and that which he's bringing about. I will bring you again, even in the time that I gather you. There it is again. He's going to gather us. Cross-referencing again. Ephesians 1.10. For I will make you a name and a praise among all people of the earth. When I turn back your captivity, I'm going to deliver you. You that turn to me before your eyes, saith the Lord. God bless you, friend. Thank you for listening. Please avail yourself to the edifying resources. That's why they're there on SafeguardYourSoul.com. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcast on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with uh, uh, several many books on there for your uh, edification in Christ. They're all scripture rich and Christ centered. Also tens of thousands uh, of saints and sinners are being reached every month. And uh, your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit uh, our donate page on the site. And uh, uh, you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach uh, is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and uh, all over the world. And uh, may God be praised that uh, there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together, 
in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.